What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. This is Kyle Chisholm. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. It's episode 116 of the Moto X Pod Show, brought to you by Torque One Racing, our title sponsor. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, all our normal sponsors, Power Band Racing for WP Service Center, Fly Racing, Mad Jack Synthetics for your Amsoil oil, all Sport Dynamics, Wrist Braces, MX Girl Designs, Graphics, Shock Socks, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme extreme Colors for Custom Painted Helmets, and Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners. So yeah, it's episode 116. <clears throat> it's going to be a little bit of a shortened show tonight. We've got Austin Fortner on, Ryan Sipes, Clayton Miller with Freestone MX, and I'm going to call TJ here in a minute and hear how his week out at, or his weekend at Daytona went. Um, that should be pretty cool. He raced today, dock race this weekend a little bit. So uh, I want to find out how that went. Um, you guys, don't forget, we've got the fly giveaway still going on. Got another week with that. If you listen to last week's show, there is a hidden word within that show. Once you know the hidden word, send us an email at the con- through the contact form at motoxpodshow.com. Tell us what the secret word is, why you deserve the gear, and we'll be picking a winner next week. We've got a bunch of entries already. And we've got about a week left in our Amsoil giveaway. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, Dane Evans is offering up an Amsoil sponsorship, which is a year's worth of Amsoil at wholesale prices. You pay you pay the wholesale prices, but you save hundreds of dollars on the product. You, uh, anything over $100 is free shipping. All the details are at MotoXPodShow.com under the Amsoil Contest tab. So check that out. We've got a bunch of entries in that too, but if you don't enter, you definitely cannot win. Um, so yeah, give me a second here. I'm going to take a quick break, get TJ on, and we'll talk about Daytona. Okay, so on the phone is uh, DJ TJ, fresh off his battle with the Daytona Supercross track. What's up, TJ? This place is what's up, and there was 10 people in my class, so I didn't get this place in last. Right. No, that's awesome, dude. I'm proud of you, man. When dude, you to- when you told me that, I was proud, man. Dude, I was ex- I was excited about it. The top four guys, I'll be honest, they were gone. Yeah, they were gone, gone, gone. There was a couple big jumps that I just pushed out on and just didn't hit. Um, I think I may have been able to keep up with fourth place had I hit those jumps, but it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I had fun. Yeah, and um, that vintage race, I know. I- Talked to Alex with the AMA and a couple people. The turnout was a lot lower than they were hoping, but I hope it grows and it, it has me wanting to build a vintage bike. It was an amazing deal. Got to hang out with Jeff Stanton and watch him ride a couple different vintage bikes. 
sit around and talk with him. It was, it was an awesome experience. Nice. Now, what, you rode your 125, and what class was that? So they have, like, some new classes that the, that the vintage guys are starting to introduce, I guess, to get more people involved. Yeah. They're called, Revol- they're called Revolution. Okay. One of them is Revolution 1, and it goes up to, I believe, 1998. And then Revolution 2 goes up to 2007 two-stroke. Yeah, that's, that's similar to the TVRC series here. They have classes that are similar. So, yeah, that's cool. Yep. Uh, and and was- it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a really good thing because, and they need to add support classes for the mini bikes, and they just have those in there. They wind up adding a couple, what they call them, support classes. I don't think there was any trophies for them, but um, like anyway, we we had long discussions with that with the AMA guys, and and I kept telling them you need to add, y'all need to sanction more classes into these events. That won't destroy the track, yeah. You know, but like eight eighty five, something like that. So the kids can hang out with dad and race. Right, right, right. Well, um, overall though, you've been there all weekend. So how was the race live? Um, it was it was okay. It um, honestly, I watched the heat and the LCQ, and then I went back to the truck and watched it on TV because the the experience there if you've been there one time is amazing because you get down there right there next to the track and yeah. that's really cool but you can't see anything and you can't pay attention to what's going on because the track is it's not like a regular stadium where it's all in front of yeah, you it's spread out if you, yeah if you sit on this side of the track and you can't see the other sure and um so I'm, you know, a bit ball humbug about going to Supercross anyways. Yeah, you're, so you're a weirdo. I'm, I'm a weirdo. I am. I, I love Supercross. I love Supercross. Well, actually, I hate it all right now because of fantasy, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a really cool event. It's a cool, whole event. I mean, there are so many people there. I mean, they cut all the regular quad classes out, and they just had the pro four-wheelers there. Mm-hmm. And those guys are cool to watch. Now the regular blowjo four wheeler guys kind of boring. They're you know it's like watching like clown pile out of a clown car. But the pros were really fast, and I mean the whole event is awesome. Yeah. So it's funny you said you mentioned just briefly. We only have I only have a few more minutes here, but um, the the fantasy I was talking to Austin, you know, and I thought it was really funny in our group text. I've taken Austin all you know, first four rounds I took Austin for first lap leaders. Um Yeah. And and I got it every time. He's been perfect. This week I didn't take him. I just didn't think he'd do five in a row. And everybody else jumped on. I think you were one of those. Didn't you take him? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and then he I told you, I told you ahead of time he's not gonna do it this week. He's not gonna do it. I think it was yeah. you and I think it was you and Dane Evans, if I'm not mistaken, or you and somebody. I was like, he's not gonna do it this week. Yeah. And he didn't. And I was pretty uh pretty happy with myself. That's awesome. Well, I am excited. We're heading back to the house now. I got probably twelve or thirteen hours left of driving. Yep. And then we'll be getting ready for the spring ending, and then JS seven. Right, right. So, um, I got the reason I only have a couple minutes is the way I nobody outside of us cares, but the way I recorded this, I just put a ten minute gap in between the first interview and the last interview, so it's going to overlap here in a second. But I've got a couple minutes to tell us, um. How how did Doc's weekend go overall? 
Um, for the people who don't care, I love to tell them yeah. that Doc did really good. This is, a lot of people know he's moved to the B class. Mm-hmm. It did terrible during practice. We had to sit down as a family and had a talk and kind of work some things out. Made some talk with Kyle Regal. Really helped us out with some bike setup stuff. And uh, got the bike dialed in. And he got like, I don't remember what he got in each class, but they were all like the B classes with the top kids in them. And he went like, like 15th, 12th, and 13th or something like right there. So Yeah, nothing wrong with that um, first year. No, it's, it's really, really good. Like, yeah. like it's not it's not a his bad start. I I hear something real quick. We went to the line for the heat races and you know, they randomly draw your number for the heat races. Mm-hmm. His gate pick was 26, 27 and 29. <laughs> not so, good. So and, and and the start, I don't know if you saw it on TV, was the same as what it was on TV. So yeah, long. You just could, it, unless you were by, you know, in the middle to the inside, you could not get a start. Unless you were Michael Essie. So, yeah, true. <laughs> and he he wound up almost dead last every start. Oh, yeah. He tried one, one, uh, one of the heats, he's like, screw this, I'm going all the way outside. And it would have, and it could have worked, except for it was dry out there. And he's like, you know, I mean, it this is a big, big leap year for him. Sure. He's doing good. His speed wasn't far off. It was just he had to. You got to get. The, you got to be up front to start with those guys. And as soon as he he's really excited after the weekend going into the the spring national. Awesome. So. All right, TJ. I'm gonna let you go. Uh, thanks for the little the the wrap up on your weekend and be safe coming back. We'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, brother. All right, see ya. DJ TJ and Doc, man, having a, a good weekend as a family out there doing the amateur sport racing. Yeah, and hopefully we'll see some of you guys at Freestone next weekend uh, or this next week. I th- we'll, we'll, we will have a show Tuesday night, um, but then that JS7 starts next week. So, all right, we'll be back with the first guest in a minute. All right, on the line with me right now is Monster Energy Pro Circuit's number 24, Austin Forkner, and he is brought to you by Extreme Colors. If you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter's been painting helmets since 1988, and his price has never changed. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Contact Kurt at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com. Austin, what's up, dude? Uh, nothing. Just uh, hanging out in Southern California right now. Um Living here for the time being, and uh, yeah, warm weather today, so just enjoying it. Is that why you've uh, decided to stay out on the West Coast this time of year? No, I mean, um, well, it's kind of because um, I was at uh, Robbie Rayner's yeah. um, for all of, um, for the first, like, I would say half of preseason training, probably a little bit more. I think mid-December, whenever I um, came to... Uh, Whenever I came to California, and then I think it was just kind of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Type <laughs> right, thing right. Mitch, because uh, Mitch told me, um, well, I mean, I was kind of waiting for like the the good to go to go back to Robbie's, and he never really gave it to me. And then they were <laughs> like, yo, so like, what's the deal? And he was like, well, kind of, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I'm staying out here for right now, and that's fine. Um, it's not a big deal. 
Um, I don't really have many friends out here. It's the only thing that kind of does suck. But um, yeah, because most of them are back in Oklahoma. But honestly, Robbie was like, um, I might just send um, some guys just back out to California with you because I mean, just just because I guess he thinks we, he thinks we work together. He thinks he thinks we work well together, which we do because we kind of um, me and uh, some of the guys they're kind of almost feed off of each other as far sure. as training and stuff goes. Um, so, um, like it, it was actually really good here, um, training, even though Robbie wasn't actually here a lot of the time, it was actually really good because when they were here, we could just feed off of each other. So still got good quality training. Yeah. Well, like, he, like Mitch says, I guess it, it's damn sure not broke. Cause it is working this year, man. I mean, look, you had signs of brilliance last year and you know, things, you know, would, you know, maybe you'd crash or, or whatever would happen. But this year, man, you, you have come to the season with a different mentality. Um, every bit of as much speed, but I think you've matured quite a bit. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. That's what everybody's asking me, what my what I've changed this year from last year. And I think it's just experience and maturity, really, mm-hmm. and just learning a few things and, and not even a whole lot. In, in just that has to do with dirt bikes too. Like I've learned stuff just in my life that I think has benefited the racing and stuff, you know? Can, so, you, give, um, can you give an example? Um, I, the biggest thing is, uh, that I did a preseason. Um, I linked up with the, with the preacher, um, that does the races at, uh, that, um, does all the sermons at the races. Yeah. And, um, that, that it was just, I mean, I've always been a uh, like religious person. My 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 family's always been so religious and stuff. And but um, I just he, we we did like a preseason Bible study with him and 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 a couple other the guys, and and that just just really helped me kind of with my faith and helped all that grow. And 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 I felt like just helped me to become a better person all at the same time. Nice. And I don't know. I guess I guess the, the biggest thing that I've kind of learned is like that that like I feel like I'm a more genuinely happy person right now um this year because I'm not not only relying on on dirt bikes like there's there's so much more than just dirt bikes like that's not the only thing in the world and I just feel like the last year and the, the years before I was I was putting so much emphasis on just riding and 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 everything was how I was doing and and all this and and so I, I just wasn't quite as happy and and now I've just kind of been like you know what whatever happens happens and um that's uh i mean i i i'm a genuinely more happy person and uh it's i mean yeah well i it, think maybe the maybe the less pressure that i've put myself <laughs> has, has helped so yeah i could see that man you know like last year again you could just see like there was those moments man where you would get really frustrated you know you'd, you'd make a mistake or you know you and zach would kind of get into it and it's it sort of from a from a fan standpoint, it sort of looked like at times it got into your head a little bit and it would just sort of fall apart, you know, and I'm, were you able to step back at the end of the season and break these different scenarios down and say, okay, this is what I did wrong. Or, or I, you know, if I'd handled this differently, it would have been different and, and allowed that to work this year. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, it's just uh, some, sometimes there's, 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 um, I mean, there were some situations where there wasn't really a, a right answer. Sure. Um, it, some, something I learned from last year too, was just that, that 
if you take a chance and and it works out and uh, you make you do a you do a quad in the rhythm section to make a pass and you barely scrape by. Like I remember, um, I wanted Lana because I made a pass on the last lap because I did this rhythm that at that point in the race nobody else was doing and I and I passed. Hampshire, and I went between him and a lapper, and it was kind of screwy, but I made it work, and I won that race, and I was everybody's hero. But then the next weekend, I, I tried to do something the same, and it didn't work, and I crashed. And then everybody was like, "Well, why'd you do that?" Yeah. If, if you got to find the balance of to go for that risky pass, or and when it's okay, and when, when you just have to settle. And uh, uh, I mean. I don't know. It's that's that's the tough thing is that there's not really a, a right answer in that situation. You just have to make up, make a decision, and, yeah. and how whatever happens happens, and that's kind of. I mean, it sucks to think about it like that, but that's kind of the way it is. Well, yeah. I mean, it's again like we talked about with the maturity. That's just what you do, man. And I think you showed that you have taken what you just said into consideration because. At the showdown, you know, you know, going into that race, all of us in the media are saying, "Hey, what happens if Adam and and Austin are one two, and you know, is, is are are either one of them going to be able to keep it together, or are they going to fight for it?" And you you seem to be like, "Hey, I'm not going any faster than I'm going right now. This is what I've got tonight. Uh, I'm still, you know, I'm leading the East. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't have to beat Adam tonight." And that's that's a championship ride right there. Yeah, that's what. It- I was actually kind of bummed after that ride just because, I mean, I had it, basically. Yeah. Um, that was the first time this year, and still is the first time this year, that I've had it with, like, that I've had it, and I've, and I've given it away. Like, I mean, so that was, I was pretty bummed about that, honestly, when I was first pulled off the track. Like, I mean, still third, so I couldn't have been too bummed, but, like, right. I was just like, damn, like, you know, <laughs> like, I kind of had that, and... But then I got back, and everybody was like, like, my dad was the most happiest of all. He was just like, dude, that was like, and then my, my, my agent was like, they were like, that that was a championship ride. Like, yeah. like just how my day had gone, I crashed a few times, wasn't having the best day. And then um, just to, to get passed by those guys and, and not flip out, I guess, like, I feel like I would have in years previous. So, um, and the, everybody was just really pumped about it, and I was kind of, like I was, it, it kind of cheered me up a little bit because I was just like, ah, oh, like I just threw it away. But I was like, they were like, dude, you're the highest finishing East guy. Yep. You got out of here after the day you've had. You're you're healthy. You're fine. So he was like, there's like, there's nothing, there's nothing to be bummed about. And I kind of, I was just like, oh, like okay. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess I was being a little hurt myself, dude. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's still youth, man, and and just being a racer. You want to win every race, but when you're looking at the overall, you're looking at the long game, man. You're looking at a championship. You're looking at you know building your legacy. Uh, you know a second, a third. You know, look at what Dungey did all those years. You know that's you, you don't have to win every race. You don't have to win by 25 seconds or whatever, man. All you got to do now is maintain. You know, I mean, you don't yep. want to you don't want to finish second every race the rest of the way out. But you know, if there's a race that comes along and you're second or third. You've got a, a twenty-three point lead right now. That dude, as long as you don't throw anything away, you're you know you don't do anything silly. You, you you're you're going to be a champion, dude. Yep. No, I know. That's uh. So I've, that's I mean that's that's what I know. Yeah. Um, well, good. And so it's that that that's that was kind of the reason why I was okay with getting with, with letting those guys pass. At, yeah. Um, the East West Shootout was just because even at, at that point I already had like like 15, 12, 15 points, something like that on the next guy. So I was like, okay, like, like, I mean, just keep doing what I'm doing because it's obviously going pretty well. So, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, 
just didn't freak out and and <laughs> and just rode. And I feel like that's what I've been doing. I feel like last weekend at Daytona was was actually my best ride of the season. At just like how I rode, and I got like I got out front. I had to make a couple passes, got out front, and I was like head down, like went, and I felt like I was going really fast. Like, um, just that. I mean. It, last weekend was just a super good ride for me. So yeah, I yeah. just want to keep those going. And um, just, I mean, if, if as long as I keep getting cool shots, at this point, my confidence on my starts is so high that, like, I, I mean, I don't want to say that I can't be whole shotted, but it's almost at that. Like, yeah. like, I line up on the gate. I line up on the gate, and I'm like, there's no reason any of these guys should beat me on a start right now. Like, my, my bike is so good out of the, off the start. My reaction time is good. My just release of the clutch, everything is just dialed right now. But like, I don't even hardly practice them during the week. Like, just my confidence in my starts is so, so there right now that, I mean, as long as I can keep getting starts, I'll be fine. Right on. So, hey, you mentioned a little bit ago, uh, you know, Robbie wanting to send a couple of your, your, your riding training partners out, you know, because, you, you know, you don't have your, your, your buddies out there and, and that could make it difficult during the week. Um, but I have noticed that the races, you usually have a, a, a tight knit crew with you. You got a couple buddies, you got your, your girlfriend Riley there usually. Um, what does that mean? How, how much pressure does that take off to have your crew there? You know, a few people that are part of your, you know, that have your back. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Like, um, that kind of is another thing that, that I've realized, uh, that, just to not be so stressed out on race day, just to try to have fun with it and 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 get serious basically when I'm headed up to the line. Yeah. Not not just be moping around all day with without a smile and just in a bad mood because I mean, I don't know, I guess some people think that, that being in a bad mood is means you're serious and then if you're laughing and, and happy that, that 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 doesn't mean that you're serious and like that's complete the opposite like i'm the happiest i've ever been and, and i'm but on when it's time for the gate drop i'm serious like i'm focused yeah so, um you know there's a there's a difference between that and um i i mean Slime. i just you know you know i, I just want to be happy and and live you know i mean i don't if, if you don't like your job then i don't <laughs> see the point in doing that yeah so i i like i mean whether it's a normal job or or, or racing dirt bikes or whatever it is if you don't like your job i've never got why people just keep doing it like if you don't like it go do something else you like don't just waste your life away doing something you don't like you know so sure. i just try to try to enjoy it enjoy it well you can see what you can see what that difference in attitude and everything brings man you're seeing it you're you know, and I know you have a, a great support system, your mom and dad, who, I mean, I, I just love them to death. They're fantastic. Um, so yeah, it sounds like you, you really have grown up quite a bit in the last year, as far as your professional side goes. Um, that's awesome, man. I'm proud of you. Um, so what about, you've talked a lot about, you know, you're, you're trying to find that edge in practice and qualifying. And then once you know where that edge is, you can, you know, where to step it back a little bit. Um, how difficult is that? Because there are you've had some crashes in practice that are scary, man. I mean, and any one of those could could put you out for the night. Um, so, how do you decide where that line is? Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, I mean, <clears throat> honestly, it's it's kind of gotten to the point where, like this weekend, um, 
or even the past couple weekends that I haven't been fast qualifier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, it, it, I've been still trying so hard to be fast qualifier to just be, because I, I guess that makes me think that, that then I'm the fastest guy. Right. I mean, which, which I guess, I guess that's true, but, but it's completely different. I haven't been, I haven't been the fastest guy the past uh, couple weekends in qualifying, but then I went out and nobody's been able to keep up with me in the race. There's, there's such a big difference between doing a fast lap in practice yep. and then doing 20 in a, in a race. Absolutely. So, and, and awesome. I, I was, I, was, I lost you for yeah. a second. You're back. Uh, yeah. But honestly, this weekend I was just yelling at myself basically like after the race, I was just like, okay, next weekend, like, don't do that. Like, don't <laughs> be, don't be that guy. And you know that I'm, I, I know that when it comes race time, I've got it. Like, yep. I know, like, I'm confident that, that I'm, I'm good. Like I'm fast. I can do the, I can do my pace that, I mean, it seems like right now it's hard for anybody to keep up with and I can do it every lap. So, you know, there's no reason to be taking risks like that in practice. I'm just like, it's stupid, you know, that I, I doing that. And so I'm, I, I need to, need to get that through my head to not, to not do that. Just for, I mean, just to eliminate the risk. And, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna definitely be telling myself that. Um, in every race, but that's, uh, I mean, it's stupid. I don't, don't want to, don't want to keep doing it, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it, even, even this weekend in the second qualifying session, I was a second slower right. uh, than the fastest guy. And I, that was just, I was like, like, damn, like, uh, I was just like, man, like, that sucks. But like, it, it doesn't matter. After nope. A couple of weekends now after not being the fastest guy a couple weekends now and still getting it done, then it's just like, that goes to show you that practice means absolutely nothing. There's a big difference from people that can throw down one fast lap and then they can do that lap consistently. Absolutely, so. man. I mean, look, qualifying somewhat important. You'd like to get a decent spot on the gate, yeah. for the, you know, yeah, for the heat race, yeah. but you don't want to qualify 10th, but yeah, first, second, man, in, in the end, you're right. It's a lot, a lot of those guys can go out. And, you know, you look at the guys like Chad Reed, who usually don't qualify well, um, but they're still, you know, gamers when, when race time comes. You know, I mean, of course, especially mm-hmm. Chad in his heyday. Uh, yeah, and you're learning that, and it's good that it's in your head, and you know that, man. Just go out, figure out the track, get your bike where you want it, and, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to be good to go. Um, I'm going to ask a couple more questions, and I'll let you get out of here. Um, so... I, most of you riders do not care about fantasy at all. I know it's annoyance probably when us fans come to you, but I'm going to tell you thank you because you've gotten me a whole lot of points this year, so you're killing it. So, so yeah, in the Pulp Fantasy, you can pick who you think is going to lead the first lap, and uh, I picked you the first four races. That's 15 extra points for me each week. So, yeah, I just want to tell you thank you for that. Um, but, hey, w- Raynard, man, he's a, he's a legend, dude. He, he's brilliant with training um give me one thing that he has taught you you know in say the last since last season in this off season um that really has stuck with you and made a big difference um uh, i mean i guess it has been taught by a lot of by it's kind of like the base rule of riding motocross or really any sport but technique um does matter and uh i feel like the past couple of years i've been more of a of a send it guy yeah yeah and and wouldn't really, whenever I do that, I tend to just basically forget about technique and kind of throw it off the window and be like, you know what, screw it, just send it, just go for it. And um, 
that's kind of, I feel like, what I've gotten hurt a few times. And Robbie has just been reinforcing the technique, 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 getting it through my head so that, I mean, just if, if in the situation that I do go through it or try something and just getting it to stick to that technique and never, never, you know, get, go away from it because that is the most important thing. And that can be the difference between crashing and staying up. It's just the simple moving your feet back one inch in the, for the whoops or something like that would be, is just like a huge thing, you know? And yeah. The, feet, the elbows, uh, an inch higher, two inches higher. It's like, you know, stuff like that, that um, it, it just does, does make a difference. You know? Awesome. Hey man, I'm going to let you get back to doing your, your relaxing a little bit, trying to get, you know, you got another race coming up. Um, thank you for ma- making some time for us tonight. And dude, it's been a pleasure watching you race this year, dude. I, I uh, keep it up. I want to see you get that championship. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I've, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying and, uh, yep. try, try to get this thing done. It's, uh, I'm kind of surprised that I definitely, you know, really this year I need to write down my goals and my, uh, what I wanted, where I expected, what I expected of myself and where I wanted to be at the end of this year, um, as far as Supercross. Um, and I just kind of wrote down, um, I wrote down about, I wrote down four wins, three podiums, championship. Nice. Because I figured there's nine races, if I can get on the podium, three of them and win the four, that's the only, I would be off the box two races. So that, I mean, figured that would be good enough for the championship. And I've already, I've already basically reached that, that goal. And so I just want to keep it. I mean, I didn't expect at this point to have a 23 point lead, I guess is what I'm saying. So, right, right. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I want to keep it going. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 pumped with where I'm at. Um, but pumped with where I'm at with the team. Um, just with where I'm at and just everyday life. It's uh, everything's good. So gonna keep gonna keep working. Awesome, man. Well, congratulations so far. Um, it's been a great season. Uh, you know, give Vanessa a hard time this weekend. Bust her balls a little bit. But um, and I'll see you at Nashville. I think that's the next round I'll be at that you'll be racing. So see you soon, man. Awesome. Yeah, can't wait. All right, awesome. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, talk to you later. Okay, see ya. Yeah. All right, Austin Fortner, man. He is putting on one hell of a show this year. Uh, like, I like what he said about his starts, that he, he goes to the line and absolutely knows that he's gonna he can't be beat off the line, man. That's he's how, how do you compete with that? You know, if the other guys don't have that feeling, he's he's already a step ahead. Um, hey, man. So last week we we or two weeks ago we introduced one of our newest sponsor, Kyle Tucker with Kelly and Williams Key Partners. He is a realtor. Uh, so he sent me something today that he wants to offer our listeners. Uh, if you are looking for some real estate, uh, well, anyway, here's what he says here. Uh, so our new sponsor, Kyle Tucker, with Kelly Keller Williams Key Partners, he has a special offer to our listeners this week. If you've ever been looking online through real estate, search, searching sites, uh, and you find a home, you're interested in it, and you find out it's been sold, it's no longer available, it's got to be really frustrating. Um, I've never looked for a new home. I just rent because I'm cheap. Um, <laughs> broke. But, hey, Kyle, he wants to send you a personalized app giving you access to every active listing through the MLS. That means you'll be able to see up-to-date data provided directly from the real estate agents. Doesn't matter where you are. Um, the app comes with a schedule of every open house in your local area. So it's not, um, you know, it's not just set to a specific area, wherever you live, this thing will take care of your needs, get you in touch with the people you or he'll, he'll get you set up with this app. Um, 
All you have to do is give him a call at 913-744-4790 or send him an email to kyletucker at kw.com and he'll get you set up. Uh, You know, I know I hear all kinds of horror stories about trying to buy a house, sell a house. And uh, yeah, Kyle wants to help out with that. He is a moto guy. He's supporting the show. Please support him. Send him an email. Get in touch with him. Um, tell him that you appreciate him being a part of this. And uh, anyway, man, like we we support or appreciate all our sponsors. And take another quick break, and we'll be back in a little bit. Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear fly shoes, wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit, and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, 
the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using AMSOIL. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll-free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Ciancerello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickleware in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. All right, on the line with me tonight is Mr. Clayton Miller of Freestone MX, and he is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. Clayton, what's up, dude? Oh, nothing, man. Just getting ready for the big spring championship coming up. Yeah, man, that has become a big, big event for you guys. Um, but before we get into that, let's just talk a little bit about the history of Freestone. Um, your dad, Tony, Tony Miller, you know, he started this. Um, when, when did he buy the property and when did it turn into a, you know, a racetrack for the, for the open public? So the, the, the Miller Ranch has been in the family since 1853. He bought it from his grandfather back in the 80s. And uh, we always went up there and hung out, camped out, rode four-wheelers and stuff. And in 1996, I got my first dirt bike. And we started riding around, doing a little bit of motocross stuff. And then in 2000, we built the amateur track, which is also the night track. Okay. So it was really only seven years until he got the first national. Yes, yes. Uh, It was kind of funny. Um, you know, I was a uh, an amateur kid growing up. I was a little bit behind uh, the eight ball with how old I was compared to everybody I was racing against. So I was always kind of playing catch up. And and uh, once I finally got doing the privateer stuff, chasing the dream, we were out at the outdoor nationals, and I remember him saying that he had been approached uh, by the AMA about bringing uh, a pro national to Texas. Yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going, wait a second, dude. Our night track is nowhere near a national caliber <laughs> track. Like, like this is a joke. Like this is not going to be good at all. And so they continued on with uh, meetings and stuff like that. And once they came and actually looked at the facility, they saw the practice track, and they were like, "Holy cow, this is where we need to do it, not the night track." They said, "This is what we need to do: is change some things up and make this the pro track." Yeah, and that's that's how it all came together. 
Well, your dad, man, he was just a, a pillar of the moto community in Texas, you know, but how was that like in a, a stressful time? I mean, how, that's got to be a lot of ins and outs, a lot of uh, I's to dot and T's to cross to get that going. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, we were approached and uh, we had to buy out Broom Tioga's contract. And um, so we, we did that and that's how it all came together. And, uh, you know, had the event for six years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was great. And, and the facility is a purpose-built facility. You know, it specifically was designed around pro racing and the way the pro pits are, the access in and out of the facility. Everything was thought out. And because uh, they, they looked at all kinds of other facilities, what would be something appropriate because at the time they're going, how can we grow the sport of motorcycles if we can't get spectators wore out with some of the events that have the two lane roads and you're on that for 10 or 15 miles. And so there was a lot of variables that went into play and they looked and they're like, man, you can go three different ways. So, you know, going across the country. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and there was a ton of hotels. And so there was all those variables that came together on why, it seemed like a good fit and uh and that's kind of that was the key ingredients to making it all come together and then at the end of the day we still had to buy those guys out and then you know it all came together and uh to this day when you walk around at supercross or at the outdoors uh it is one of the industry favorites um you know they just it's just it blows my mind to hear that kind of feedback because when i was racing i mean one of my favorite tracks is millville which i know oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of your buddies and everybody they all go up there i mean that's one of my favorite outdoor nationals and uh so you know everybody has a favorite but i was just blown away and uh malcolm stewart and james stewart both i mean they've told me several times when i go out there and see them at their track every october or i mean november they're like man we love that place i'm like really they're like, yeah, man, the dirt was sick, and, you know, just it's a man's track. You have to be in shape. And <laughs> the, so it's just cool to hear that you yeah. know, when you're kind of on the outside of things, yeah. Yeah, you know, and the humidity, man, it was definitely brutal. I mean, it was the, the elite of the elite athletes could survive that. Uh, you know, honestly, when you really get down to looking at all the, the analytics of things with the, the weather and humidity and stuff, it is not the hottest race and we don't have the most humidity, and actually, with this year schedule going to Florida, that's going to be far more superior of a humid event than Freestone ever was. So it it, it was brutal in its own asset, but uh, man, you know, it just it offered up some good racing. It did, you know, and I was uh, that was honestly the '07 National was my first national ever to go to. So yeah, it's got a special place in my heart. <laughs> awesome yeah so and then you you did some racing including the 07 national and some others after that um you know you 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 made a you've made a few nationals um what was that like for you i mean you you know true privateer you know your dad helping you out uh, a few other sponsors traveling the country trying to make a you know do what you love to do yeah yeah no i mean uh the the time that i was doing that was probably at an all-time high yep. uh there would be you know during the supercross seasons we would have over a hundred entries trying to, you know, qualify. We'd have qualifiers to get the qualifiers. Yep, I remember. And, uh, and I remember going outdoors. I, I would look at the field of riders, and I'd say, man, if I can get top 25, I'm beating guys that are getting flown in that are on satellite teams. And uh, that's kind of where I would always hover around was 23rds were my best finishes. And uh, actually, I did back-to-back 23rd place at Millville. 
And I was like, man, this is awesome. You yeah. know? And, and this, at that time, you know, I felt like that was an accomplishment, but still, you know, all my peers that got in there and got some, some points and stuff, man, they, they really got it. That was what I always wanted. I just never had, uh, <laughs> had it to get, get that next little notch to get those few positions. So Yeah, but you, uh, you did a lot more than a lot of us did, though, you know. So, yeah, you got to live it a little bit. And that's, you know, now now you're running the Freestone MX. Uh, anybody interested, it's freestonemx.com. Um, and you've got the... Uh, the James Stewart Freestone Spring Championship coming up March 18th through 23rd. Um, what year is this for that event? This is the ninth year. Ninth year, okay. And in the beginning, how did Jay, James uh, and the family be, decide they want to get involved with this? How does that work? Well, some of his sponsors that were partners of ours and still are today, they had said, hey, James is wanting to – to do something more for the sport and be a part of something on the amateur level. And so it was James's idea and he proposed to us. Oh, and cool. so we said, yeah, we said, heck yeah, man, come on board. Let's do this. And so this has turned into a pretty good long-term relationship. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, that family is very passionate about racing and, and for everybody that gets to go there and participate with the championship ride day, they get to see that. I mean, yeah. their whole family is out there. They're flagging, they're part of it. James comes out. He visits with everybody. He's got his kids. Malcolm's a big part of it. He's out there. Uh, they they'll ride around with the riders, and and man, they're they're heavily involved and they're deeply passionate about all these riders coming to their facility and getting right. the experience. Their stomping grounds are where they train. Yeah, definitely. My my producer T.J. Smith and his son Doc. They've been out there the last two years. They're at Daytona right now, but they they've been to the. Uh, to the Stewart facility the last couple of years and yeah so it seems like it's a lot of fun and it's really cool I mean like how many other events can you go to and you know when you you do well you win you you get a, a besides a trophy you get a chance to go to uh you know one of the elite riders in the world's facility and kind of hang out and check out their facility it's pretty amazing Oh yeah, very fortunate to get that kind of an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, what are your plans to grow this thing? You know, it, it's become, I think, one of the two or three biggest amateur nationals in the country. Um, you know, Loretta's obviously is the the top one that everybody wants to go to, but uh, you know, your facility is equally, if, if probably actually more impressive track wise, uh, facility wise. It just doesn't have the history. The, the riders show up. You guys are going to have Ryder D. Francisco and Jet Reynolds. Jordan Jarvis and all, all Jordan Jarvis, all the elite riders will be there. All the top com- uh, amateurs in the country will be there. But how do you grow this thing? How do you make it bigger so that our support, our sport, can grow? You know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on that, that makes this all come together with all the different sponsors involved, the OEMs and the industry, the AMA, and you know that's kind of sets the blueprint for making it all come together and then the track ultimately has to deliver yeah and uh that's one thing that we do better than most in the country is deliver our staff is top notch and there's no other secret to it than that i mean it can't be duplicated and uh everybody is so in sync with one another everybody is so upbeat got a good attitude and we're happy to have everybody there yeah and um and so with with good spirits and just good racing i mean it's just it's a foolproof you know event it just comes together um and as far as growing it you know the this time of year is difficult because we follow several other races yes and so some sometimes the numbers are up sometimes the numbers are down 
And uh, it just depends if people's bikes make it, if they don't get injured. <laughs> like, already I've been getting emails of people saying, hey, we got hurt. We're not going to make it. And they're saying, hey, no problem. You know, we understand. Yeah. And every year, you know, every year we refund 100-plus entries. And uh, it's just kind of the nature of the game there. Um, but, you know, I think everybody's kind of glowing together right now. It Things kind of changed back in 2008 when the economy took a hit. The sport really changed, and it's attendance across the board everywhere. And uh, But those numbers are starting to rise, and, and you really see some of the youth classes uh, really having some big numbers with the qualifiers and, and you know, the, the 65s, the 50s, I mean, the numbers are huge right now. And that that's right there is a positive sign because that's the new riders coming into the sport. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I mean, it, every 10 years or so, you know, you see a turnover of riders, it seems like. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of a vicious cycle. But, I mean, like I said, collectively, the whole sport is growing back their numbers right now. And, um I, I think uh, just with support improving, um, that helps with the numbers because the cost of bikes these days is not like the two strokes. You know, the four strokes are a little bit more pricey. So, oh yeah, definitely. People, you know, people tend to, to attend races that have good contingency, and um, and the OEMs support us heavily, and, and we're very thankful of that. And uh, and the riders are the ones that kind of dictate that support. You know, any rider that attends any race is what drives that support from the OEMs. And um, so, you know, on a local level, a regional level, we got to have our racers showing up and riding races. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, and as a vet racer myself, I see some events, like you say, they're down, some events are up. Uh, you know, there's still a passion for it, but, yeah, it's, it's become very expensive and it's not easy to do. Um but I, it seems like you guys have a really good turnout. You have a, a lot of loyal uh, riders that come up. You have a lot of great events, including the main event series, full moon series, Texas winter series. I believe you're part of the, the Moto Masters again this year. Um, your track's pretty much in your night racing. I mean, you guys are going almost year round. Yeah, we only have about seven or eight events. We only race the national track three to four times a year. Right. If we have a, if we have a Loretta qualifier, that's usually that fourth time. Otherwise it's just two, uh, Texas winter series events and the spring championship. And then we do the night racing on the night track. Yeah. Which that tracks a blast. I, I honestly haven't been down there in a couple of years for that, but man, I, I had, a, that's the first time I ever saw your place was the, the national track wasn't even done yet. And I just came out and found <laughs> the track and, I think you and some of your buddies were out practicing. It was in the middle of the day one day, and that thing just looked awesome, and I couldn't wait to go ride it. Yeah, the, the night track actually has some really good dirt over there. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's it's very fun. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good racetrack for, you know, head-to-head racing. You've always got a couple of lines in the corners all the way down to the finish line. So it's it's pretty fun. And, Definitely. And it's it's with, uh, you know, the family business being an electrical business, it's the best-lit night track. And, the United States, if not probably the world, just because, you know, electrical contractors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he saved, <laughs> saved on a little bit of labor there, huh? Oh, man, that guy, it's so funny, because uh, whenever he built it and had the light and he had a uh, candle power meter, he'd walk around and check things, see where his numbers were at. And then when we would be racing different stadiums across the United States, racing Supercross, he'd walk down on the stadium floor <laughs> and he'd pull it out of his pocket and check. He goes, dude, we're brighter than some of these uh, – 
Supercross venues, and I would just laugh. I'm like, oh, God. That sounds about right. That's awesome. Hey, so I had Skippy, Ryan McPherson, call me today, and he's got a couple questions he wanted me to ask you. Um, right. Again, your dad being such a, a big part of the, uh, the the community in Texas and, uh, you know, obviously supporting you, your life, is taking you to races. Uh, Skippy wanted to know, what was um, one major thing you learned from your dad? Work ethic, hands yeah. down. Work ethic. And uh, nothing, nothing is given to you. You got to bust your butt and work hard for it. And uh, you know, every day I, I think about that. That's the number one thing that I lean on is the discipline and the work ethic that he's taught me growing up. Yeah, I, I could see that. I didn't know him very well, but I, I you know, I, I spent a little bit of time with him, um, especially at the 07. Um, the first national and yeah, I could definitely see that. That's, that's an awesome thing. Cause you know, we see a lot of our youth today that it doesn't seem like they have that, you know, and I know you have a teenage son who's in a band and getting ready to go to California and do some recording. And, uh, you have a daughter, I believe, you know, and I, I'm sure that you're passing that on to them because a musician's got the same thing as a racer, man. It's total commitment. You got to practice, you got to work hard. Uh, it's not just, if you want to be successful, it's not just hanging out and having fun. It's, it's work. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to sacrifice a lot of things that, no matter what you're doing. If you're chasing the dream of being a professional athlete or a musician or you're trying to be a doctor, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. you yep. got to give up things, put in the work. You're going to study, you know, just like if you go to college. You go to college, you get a degree. Well, you're going to have to put in some serious training to become a professional athlete, no matter what kind of athlete you want to be. And, uh, and so that, that all takes discipline, no different than... You know, the guy that owns his own business, you know, not every day is, is awesome. He ain't going to get up. <laughs> right. So like going to work today, you know, it's the same thing. And and the, and the riders have to work it up the same way. Some days you get up and you're like, man, I just kind of feel like I need to take it easy today. But you got to look back and say, you know what? If I slack off today, my competition's going to be that much further ahead of me. Yep. And so you've just always got to be putting in the work. Yeah. You know, as soon as you take one slack, one day slacked off, the next day it's easier to slack off. Well, I did it yesterday. Might as well do it again today. And yeah. So eventually yeah. it just goes all downhill. Yeah. So, and then his other question is again, you, you're racing in the mid 2000. Um, that was really a, a very productive time in our sport. He would like to know something from the 2000s that you might, you would bring back that was, part of our sport then that maybe has gone away is there anything from that time era that you'd like to see back yeah the two-stroke <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm with you on that and i got a feeling and, and, <laughs> i i hear that there's some uh manufacturers that have already done some blueprints on their current production four-stroke frame to where they can literally change motor brackets and drop in their two-stroke motors. I have heard a little bit of rumors about that, too. I, I think the two-stroke, at least, they might not ever be back on the professional level. I don't know. But as far as just the, the you know, Joe Blow, you and I, whatever, hanging out, man, that's that seems to be the way people are going. Well, well think about this. This is a really cool scenario, all right? MX Sports has created the all-star amateur class. Mm-hmm. And anybody 16 years and up can ride it. And... I always dreamed of, I'm like, you know what, if they could keep the two-strokes around, that 125 class on a supercross level and a motocross level could be the true rookie amateur class that is part of the series. That would be awesome. 
Yeah, I, I see. I see that being something that could possibly happen in the future. I mean, I'm just speculating, but man, that would be so awesome. It would be awesome, and it would be a lot. I think a lot. Uh, I don't know if safer is the word, but a kid going from an eighty-five to a two fifty F—that's a huge jump. Yeah, they're aware of that. They are very aware of that, and that's why they've got you know all the different schoolboy classes yeah. and one twenty-five classes. So you know uh, they, they know that, and they they're trying to take it easy on their youth riders that are making that jump yeah definitely um so before i let you go what do you think about this uh supercross season i got to see at arlington a little bit but i mean it's been a hell of a season so far any thoughts man i tell you what this has been one of the best uh series to watch so far because of the variety of the different winners yeah nobody is on a clean sweep they all have like pretty equal talent and it's just who's dialed in on any given night and then they're making it happen and uh you know there's some some writers like cooper webb showing a little bit more consistency than others but it's so cool to see blake baggett running up front you yeah. know ken rockson still making his his full recovery i would consider from uh you know from his accident and you know tomac you can't count the guy out he's a, he's a key player and all these guys are on it right now and uh you know even barson you know, gosh, you know, that guy was on it. And yeah. so there's a lot of guys that are, it's, it's, it's not boring. No. Nobody likes seeing everybody just run away with it. And so that's, that's the one thing about the series right now that is so good is that it's keeping everybody on their toes. That everybody's got something to talk about. Nothing negative can be said right now about like, oh, so-and-so's got it, yep. you know. You know, none of that chatter's going on. No, you're 100% right. And Do you think Cooper's going to win the championship, or what would your predictions be? <clears throat> you know what? That guy right now, he has a lot of championships under his belt, and um, I think that he's he's on a motorcycle this year that's allowed him to ride at his potential. And I and that's kind of one of the things I always kind of assess on some of these pro riders. From one year to the next, none of these guys all of a sudden just got super slow. Right, you know? right. They're just they're, they're just not clicking. They're 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 trying to find something that they may have had last year that they didn't, especially when they make a bike change. Sometimes they make a bike change and it's a click back. Uh, sometimes it's a click forward. It, that's kind of Cooper Webb's scenario. It looks like he's riding a little bit better on this bike. Uh, by no means are any of the bikes bad bikes, you know, but from one guy to the next, you know, they're just, I don't know, he's, he's, he's riding really, really good. And, and if anybody can handle pressure, he can. And yeah. he, he showed that. I mean, and absolutely. The, you can see that his experience is paying off because uh, he's not getting shaken up too bad whenever he's not the fastest guy. He's got the start, he's getting out front, and we see Muskin and these guys just beating on him, and he just he keeps on clicking laps after lap, and he's not breaking. And, and he knows he's not the fastest guy, but he's still got the job done. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's, he, that's, where, that's where his experience comes into play, for sure. I agree, yeah. His confidence is there. You know, I talked to him in Arlington at the press conference, and that's what he said. He said, man, I, just, I, I now believe I'm, I belong, and I'm one of the guys, and that, that goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Clayton, man, thank you uh, for taking some time. I know, like, you're super busy getting ready for this event. Um, it's a, like you said, a very busy time of the year for you. I'll see you down there in a couple weeks. Uh, that's next week, isn't it? Is that next week or the week after? Next. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This Sunday, the yep. OEM start pulling in yep. and parking, so it's going to be a fun week of racing next week. Well, I'll see you down there. I'll come say hi to you, and uh, I'll be out there looking to get some some content from all these guys and enjoy watching the racing. Heck yeah, man. Look forward to seeing you, and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, Clayton. Thanks, buddy. All right, take care. All right, you too. See ya.
That's Clayton Miller, freestonemx.com. Um, I believe a lot of that stuff, there's going to be uh, streaming coverage. Just check out freestonemx.com for all the info. Uh, Shan Garcia is going to be down there announcing uh, K- Kevin Kelly. All the regular guys be down doing it. It's a really cool event. Uh, if you're anywhere in the area, come out and check it out. All right, we'll be back. Right up next is one of our favorite guests, and he is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been, been focused on developing the best gear possible. They just released at Daytona their 2019.5 kinetic mesh that you saw all the Fly Riders wearing. It is available at flyracing.com. Uh, we are also giving a set of that away. If you listened to last week's episode and you can find the hidden word, you know the deal. There's a contest for that. But on the phone with me, Mr. Ryan Sipes. What's up, dude? Oh. Hanging out, man. Getting ready for another race. How are you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm exhausted from uh, hearing about all your racing. <laughs> yeah, it's been busy. Dude, I mean, look, we talked about this last year, how busy you were, and it seems like you just decided you were going to try to outdo yourself. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was Red Bull's idea. But, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's actually the most busy part of my year is right now. Right. After this, it should chill out a little bit um, just because I'll have more time and days and weeks in between my races to when you're building all your bikes, you know, uh, I build on my own bikes. So um, to build three, you know, and, and race them all in six days, that, that was a lot of work and I was I super bet. busy. But after this, it'll be more like build one bike. Right. Know, every three weeks or something like that. Yeah. So that's a little bit manageable. Well, look, man, we just we came off uh, Daytona Supercross Saturday night. Uh, your first Supercross in, uh, what was it, seven years? Six. Six years. Last Supercross I did was in yep. 2013. Yep, Vegas. So. Vegas, that's right. Um, so, man, you got 14th place. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you would have liked to do have done a little better. But, I mean, honestly, what were your expectations and what did you take from it? How, how was the – saturday race uh man i had a lot of fun um i was i was pretty excited i, I did press day and i begged and pleaded to get into that just because i knew i would want the extra track time you yeah know, i haven't been going for so long and so on press day i was you know we get to ride whatever 10 minutes and um i was just pretty stoked because after we got done riding it was i felt i didn't feel like i was you know, an outsider or I didn't belong out there. I felt like I, you know, I was supposed to be out there and I felt good and I was riding good. That carried into Saturday. I practice was good. I was like seventh after the first practice and ninth after the, you know, overall for the, for the day. And so that felt pretty cool to be able to qualify that good. And then the heat race, man, the, the bike was, was really good. The twisted development did the engine and it was fast out of the gate. I was, from like a you know middle start position, I was like third off the start into the second corner, and I'm like, this is going to be good, you know, I'd be able to see the pace of these guys and mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe keep up with them. And then Chase Sexton goes down right in front of me in the second corner, and I got stuck behind him. I had to end up going over his bike, but by that time I was back in fifteenth or you know maybe further back, and. uh you know, I I kind of went berserk just block passing people everywhere, but <laughs> but I ended up getting up to seventh. Which, yeah, you know, in in six laps or whatever, I felt like was pretty good, and I was kind of proud of that ride. Um, 
and then the main, you know, the main, I kind of rode, the track was tougher and more rutted and everything, and I was just kind of fighting it. And uh, I wanted to, you know, I felt like I could be, could probably be three or four positions higher. My goal was top ten. Okay. So I fell a little bit short, but I don't know. I mean, those guys are no joke out there. Even those guys in 11th, 12th, and 13th, you know, they're riding good too. So I had to. I would have had to beat them straight up, and uh, I wasn't able to do it. Well, I, I know I, I just talked to Austin Forkner, and I know as riders, you guys don't care about this, but fantasy is a big deal to us fans, and I and a lot of us had you. I picked you, so I was even more paying attention to how you're doing, man. I was loving it when you were coming up making passes because <laughs> I was uh, I was uh, on the edge of my seat anyway, just watching that thing. And man, that uh, did you ever do that quad, that big? table over table thing no okay I saw those guys doing it and and i just made decision now i'm too old yep. too smart one, one or the others uh, well, <laughs> hey i i think you're both of those things that's that's fair enough yeah that that thing was sketchy and that's why i want to ask you in the six years since your, you know your last race at vegas have you do you how how much of a difference did you notice in uh you know the way the tracks are built uh what you know competition any of that stuff was there anything that really just stood out um is it just uh, racing no not really i mean daytona is always weird like that there's never been a daytona track like that yeah that's that's almost the case every year like they do it they just do something kind of crazy almost every year and that's that's just kind of daytona so um i as far as that goes, that was hard to compare. Um, the competition on the track, I mean, it was still the same thing. You know, it was different guys, but, but same idea. You, The most aggressive guy that, you know, <laughs> takes the good lines and, and is smooth through the corners, that's the guy that's going to do good. Right. Well, man, it was awesome seeing you out there. And guys like you and like Mike Brown, man, I just feel like you guys are going to race forever like maybe you know <laughs> for and it, it's awesome man because it gives guys like me you know vet just amateur vet riders that you know you have your your family or your friends are like oh you know when are you gonna stop you're getting old i mean shit man not ever i'm not gonna stop until i can't do it yeah exactly hopefully not yeah yeah so all right then you had the the gncc was uh was that it was sunday is that right and, and yeah yeah did, so <clears throat> You, it was uh, it was a quick turnaround. Which yeah, it took us two uh, two hours to get out of the the, <laughs> the Daytona thing after the 450 main was over. That was out of control. So it was super late. Then we lost an hour of sleep, and yep. then we had to be up there, you know, halfway early on Sunday. So, but um, when I woke up Sunday morning, I've been I've had this shoulder injury for a little while, um, and Sunday morning I woke up and I couldn't move it. I was I was in quite a bit of pain and uh it just kind of shows me how much kind of adrenaline i was pumping on uh saturday you know just fired up for that supercross because i didn't really feel any pain yeah uh, sunday morning i did but um yeah i got up there and um you know did the best i could but i i started maybe fourth or fifth in the the uh off the start and it was probably three corners in we hit it the first deep sand whoop and and it tried to you know on those deep sand whoops it, want, it makes you want to endo or makes the bike try to endo so you're it's up to you to be strong enough to pull back on it mm-hmm. not let it do that and uh my shoulder wasn't strong enough to do it it was 
clicking and popping and doing all kinds of stuff. And, um, the, the pain wasn't, um, I mean, it was, you know, not good, but the, the scary part was I didn't have any strength when it pulled out that far. So yeah, there's a lot of threes out there and we're going pretty fast to be, you know, not able to hold on to the handlebars. So again, uh, maybe I'm too old or maybe I'm just getting smarter, but I feel like in the past I would have just pinned it anyway, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't worth it to me to go and, uh, hurt myself over, uh, you know, a GNCC right now. Sure. Yeah. And then hell, if you got hurt even worse, then you might not have uh, been able to do the, the flat track coming up here in a, in a couple of days. And yeah, so you did the right thing, man. You know, what's up. You've been doing this a long time. You know, your body. Well, um, have you noticed, you know, you, you did a lot of racing last year. Um, have you noticed a significant difference in how long it takes you to recover from a, a weekend like this? Or, um, you know, just what are the changes that you've really noticed that maybe surprised you in the last couple of years physically? Um, well, I, it's, it's a whole lot more important to stretch now than it used to be. <laughs> uh, that's like seriously probably half of my training is just being, um, you know, stretch enough to be limber enough to where, um, a lot of the, I've had a, some issues with some tendonitis mm. and some other stuff. And really, it wasn't it wasn't anything except a muscle imbalance. It was a tight muscle here, made that muscle over there get mad and start hurting and swell up and you know all that stuff. So, um, being flexible is way more important than it used to be. And and I think now um, it it does take a little bit longer to recover, but at the same time, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm kind of smart smarter yeah. with it. I used to just jump right back in, and now it's like nah. You know, maybe I should have waited, uh, waited longer back then too. Um, but <laughs> either way, I found a nice balance now. It seems like to be able to uh, sleep a lot and eat good food, and you know, and stretch when I need to. And, yeah, and I'm getting in there. How about you know? There's I've heard a lot about like cryotherapy and hyperbaric chambers and stuff like that for uh, muscle recovery. And um, have you tried anything like that? <laughs> no. I haven't. I mean, ice, ice and stuff, but I've never done the, the crowd chamber and all that stuff. Uh, I guess it, uh, maybe it, maybe it would help. I just haven't, uh, haven't done it. Yeah. Me either. I hear about it. I've got buddies that go do it and say it's awesome, but I just, I wondered, you know, at the, at the professional level, level, like if you've done any research on that or even tried it, but just curious. So, so tell me about this uh, flat track coming up, man. Is this? Are you going to try to race the whole series? Is that the plan? No, I'm just doing all the TTs. Okay. Um, I think that kind of plays to my strengths with a, a right-hand corner and a jump in it, you know, where if you get those guys just turning left, they're they're tough to beat, tough for a motocrosser to beat sure. anyway. Uh, if you can break it up a little bit, the TTs seem like it, it helps me to be a little bit more competitive. and. Uh, that's just that's what's fun to me you know uh going around in circles is fun too but the tts are a little more fun yeah that that seems like that'd be really cool um i've never done anything like that uh and when i watch just flat track in general like that's just such a high speed man i don't know i just you know i like going fast but i just feel like that i'd probably kill myself i don't have that yeah, ability the big the mile and the, uh, at least the mile um that's I just don't want any part of it right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, a lot of guys say it's 
it's not bad and and it kind of everything slows down at that speed or whatever but i'm kind of having fun doing what i'm doing now i'll leave that for somebody else for now right on um so i was kind of reading through some articles and some stuff that i think you had done with racer x maybe and um you you had talked about you know your or i guess you had released your schedule and that's what it was um racer x had posted it up um are you going to do Erzberg? Is that right? That's the plan. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever done that before? No, no, I've never done Ardenduro before. So. Oh, that because that looks like miserable. <laughs> yeah. Um. But honestly, I mean, they gave me the option to do uh, TKO as well, and I think that one looks more miserable. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so slippery and just crazy. So it's not going to be. Like, I already told the guys, the Red Bull guys, I'm like, I'm not going to be good at it. Like, at least not the first year. Like, I just, that's not, uh, it, that's the op- complete opposite of motocross, you know? Sure. Uh, I'm going to work my butt off to try to get good at it, but I'm, you know, I am uh, going in there with, with tempered expectations. I, I know I'm not going to be super awesome at it the first try. Well, I applaud you for just doing it, man. I think, I mean, to get an opportunity to do it why not do, try it and you know I, I bet you'll be you'll probably do better than you expect to with that kind of you know thought process you're not gonna you're not gonna uh i don't know make a mistake because you're expecting to do well but i bet you'll do pretty damn good at it um what about something like dakar you know i mean have you thought about something like that in the future yeah a lot of people have said that but um that's just too fast i don't (laughs) i don't want to uh i don't want to take that risk anymore i got three kids and and i daddy needs to come home daddy don't need to be piled up uh, you know under a sand dune so uh that's that's out of my league right now right well understandable well you just mentioned your family i i had a chance to meet them last year at muddy creek um what how do they take in a weekend like this where you're you're this busy and there's a lot of media attention um you know, daddy's doing all kinds of different things. I mean, how, how do they, how much do they love this? It was funny. Um, there's never, I've never had that many cameras on me at one time, like basically followed every move I made all weekend. And, uh, um, my son was, it was funny. He was really shy and like <laughs> looking at the cameras, like, are they filming me? And he was, you know, kind of acting weird about it. And I said, buddy, this is, don't worry about it. Pretend they're not there. Um, but other than that, my wife is, uh, you know, she's like, as long as they don't film me. And <laughs> it's, about uh, everybody deals with it kind of different. Sure. Um, but everybody was cool with it. Um, we're, we're lucky all the, uh, Wes and, and all the guys that are filming, um, uh, doing the series on me this year for Red Bull are super cool dudes. And the kind of guys you'd invite over, you know, to hang out with, not just to work with. So, uh, really lucky to have that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, hey, uh, you know, you're working on becoming the best all-around rider on two wheels. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> you're you're definitely making all the right right moves to do that, man. You're gonna it sounds like you're gonna race everything there is. Maybe I'll see you on a BMX bike next. Who knows? Uh, it's pretty awesome, though. Thanks, man. It's uh, it's fun and it's a big challenge, but yeah. it's fun to nobody's really ever done this, so. Um, I'm just going to give him all, give him my best and, and try to have a ton of fun doing it, man. I've, I'm lucky and That's blessed cool. enough to be able to race dirt bikes for a living. And, uh, I'm going to try to enjoy every second of it. Yeah. It's awesome. You're doing it right. It's, it's fun to watch. Um, 
man, good luck at the uh, at at the TT race. Um, just stay safe and thanks for coming on, man. I know you're super busy. You got a lot of media stuff going on. You're always friendly to us, and we appreciate it. All right, no worries, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bud. Thanks. Thanks. See ya. All right, Ryan Sipes, man. Wow, what a, you know he really does have it figured out, man. He's got his family there. He's just having fun. Um, you know, he, he'd love to win, but it doesn't matter. He just wants to have a good time. Uh, you know, how lucky is he? It, we all would love to be in that position. More power to him, and can't wait to see how he does. Okay, guys, I think that's going to be the end of the show tonight. Um, again, thanks to all our sponsors, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners Realtors. Go to our website, motoxpodshow.com. All our sponsors are there. The contest info's there. The contact form's there. If you have any questions, please enter these contests. Get set up to try to win the Amsoil, the Fly Gear, um, Patreon. All the links are there. And that is it. We'll be back uh, next week with a new show. And I'm not sure TJ or anybody will be in studio just yet, but we'll, uh, we'll get it figured out, and we'll be back. See you.